Episode 49, The Clans of Israel, Part 2. The tribes of Israel were led by chiefs who were surrounded by elders. All of these men were under the leadership of Moses. This would make up the leadership for Israel. Although the Israelites' tribes were not founded on these men, in reality, the foundation that made up society was family. However, the nuclear family would be broken down even more into marriage. Marriage between one man and one woman. This is where the foundation of society for the Israelites would be built up from. Welcome to the History of the Bible. The last episode, we talked about the different symbols of the tribes and how the tribe was connected to that symbol. We also discussed the way justice worked within a tribal society when there were no police systems to arrest the person who committed the crime. It was the tribe's job to bring justice and order within its own tribe. Now, when there was an issue that came up that was regarding the law, because all tribes were following the law given to them from Moses, the tribes would bring it to Moses to make a decision. Or, later on in history, they would bring the issue to the judges. This is why Moses' father-in-law suggested putting men over thousands, hundreds, fifties, and of tens in Exodus chapter 18. Before this suggestion, Moses was deciding on every issue that someone had. So instead of being the only one to do this, Moses' father-in-law suggested putting godly men over the tribes that would be able to make the decisions. This would empower the people to take care of their own needs within their tribes. Most likely, the way that Moses set up the justice system is that the tribe leaders were over the thousands, then the clan leaders were over the hundreds, the family leaders were over the fifties, and there were leaders within the family that would have been placed over the tens. This justice system is similar to the United States court system that has smaller courts at the local level, and it gets larger as the system goes up from there. It would go local, state, district, and then Supreme Court. This is where the model of that comes from. The tribes were able to judge for themselves from the family level to the clan level to the tribe level. And if it was still not resolved, then it would be taken to Moses so that it could be decided. The tribal society was made up of families that could cause issues, which we'll see in a later episode, but knowing one's genealogy gave that person a sense of belonging to a group of people. It created order as families were willing to fight for their own. This made the tribes of Israel independent, yet all the while being dependent on one another. Because ultimately, they were all still part of a larger family. When talking about the tribes, there's different social groupings. No, this isn't different social classes, but groupings. The first group that made up the tribe was the father's house, as the Hebrew translation goes. This unit was the makeup of all society, the individual families. The father's house was made up of those that resided together. The father, the mother, and their children made up this first group. 
Those that were unmarried were part of this family. However, those that were married would no longer be part of this family group. They would start their own together. When it talked about families that included the father, mother, and their unmarried and married children, this would be referred to as the entire house. For example, Noah in Genesis. When his sons were unmarried, his wife and children would have been part of the father's house. When his sons were unmarried, his wife and children would have been part of the father's house, with Noah being the father. However, when Noah's three sons got married, they were no longer part of the father's house. They became extended family members. This is when they became a house. So when they all entered the ark for the floods, it was the whole house of Noah, meaning his wife, their kids, who were extended family now because they had gotten married. In essence, it means the descendants of the father that no longer live within his house. After the father's house, and then the house, the next social grouping would be the clan. Most people are familiar with the Scottish clans that were grouped together by last name, either from their mother or father's side. However, the Israelites did not have surnames that they could be grouped by. The only name that they could be grouped by is the name of the tribe they came from, such as Judah, Levi, and Asher. So instead of being grouped by names for their clans, they were grouped by family descent from a single ancestor. An example of this is that when the Lord set up the Israelites' camp, he placed the tribe of Levi around the tabernacle. However, he placed them by clans. To the east and south would be the clan of Koath. To the west would be Gershon. And to the north would be Merari. These are the three clans within the tribe of Levi. The reason that the tribe of Levi is split up into three clans is because Levi had only three sons, Kohath, Gershon, and Merari. All the people within the tribe of Levi are descendants of Levi himself. But then it splits up into the clans based on the children of Levi. The father's house made up the family's house. Family houses made up the clan. And lastly, the clan made up the tribe. But what made up the father's house? Yes, it was the father and mother and children. However, before there could be a father's house, there needed to be a marriage. Most marriages around this time period were arranged marriages. Often the fathers would arrange it. The two fathers would then write out a marriage contract between the two families. The father of the groom would then pay the father of the bride a bride price. Mostly thought of as forms of goods given to the bride's father, the bride price could also be given in the form of service, as Jacob worked 14 years for both Rachel and Leah. However, the bride price was most often given to the bride's father in goods. Depending on the area in which the Israelite woman lived, women were usually married between the ages of 13 to 18. The bride price was not a father purchasing a wife for a son, although it may seem like that. In reality, the bride price was given to the father of the bride because if the husband divorced or died, 
the bride price could be given to the wife so that she could take care of herself and their kids. Another thought is, is because the bride's father would be losing an important member of the family, the bride price would offset economical goods that his daughter used to bring to her father's household. You see, in ancient Israel's marriage traditions, the groom would go marry his bride and bring her back to his father's house. However, the groom was only allowed to go marry his bride after he built a bridal chamber. But it couldn't be any old bridal chamber. It had to be built in a way that the groom's father would approve of the chamber and allow for his future daughter-in-law to stay at. The groom would only go when the father approved of the chamber. The bride, on the other hand, well, she had no idea when her soon-to-be husband would show up to marry her. So it was usually announced with a loud trumpet that he was coming for her. This is the exact same picture that Jesus would give to the disciples when he said, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is going back to heaven to build a bridal chamber for his bride, which is the body of believers. Jesus also said that he doesn't know the time that he will be back because only the father has the power to say that it is time to go get his bride and bring her back to the bridal chamber. Paul in the New Testament says that Jesus will come back with the sounding of a trumpet. The whole coming of Jesus for the second time to get his church is a picture of a traditional Israeli wedding. Although the bride price would be a customary thing, when things got hard economically for families, men were less willing to get married because of the bride price. Therefore, in later times, the bride price was just written into the contract and only paid if a divorce happened or death of the groom, and which his relatives would pay up the bride price. The reason that it was the fathers of the couple writing and preparing the marriage was because it was a tribal society, meaning that it wasn't so much about the individuals getting married, but about two families who were about to be joined together. That is why a marriage contract was written up, so that both families had something to put up if something went wrong. Although, most of the time, the two families would somehow be related, as it was common to marry within the village or city that they lived in. Now take this into regard. When marriages happened, it was between a man and his wife. Oftentimes, it would be between two people within the same community. Traveling and meeting people outside of one's community was not a common thing to do. It was also expected that families would grow up and live in the same communities as their grandparents and other extended family members of the household. Therefore, villages, towns, and cities were home to families. Over time, it would be bound to happen that most everyone in the community would be closely related. That is why we see in the Bible people marrying their close relatives. For example, Abraham married his half-sister. However, it was during this time when the law was given to Moses that the Lord changed that that close of a relationship could happen. 
In Leviticus 18, the closest relative that was allowed to be married was a cousin. This type of marriage is what would make up father's households, which makes up the households. This, in turn, is the makeup of clans, and that would be the tribe. It all started with marriage between a man and his wife, and from that, it would be the foundation of all of Israel. The Israelites were all split up into 12 tribes that all came together because they were descendants of Jacob. Often, tribes like this split up and become separate people groups. But for the Israelites, they stayed together. In the future, this would make up the nation of Israel. And because of this structure of the nation, often the loyalties of the people would be tested. At this point in Israel's history, it doesn't come up too much. Every family is loyal to their family, clan, and tribe. Not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but when the Israelites received a king, would their loyalty be to the king and the nation or to the tribe? But that is for another time. The leadership within the tribes was headed by the chief of the tribe. Then it would be the elders. This wasn't just a thing that the Israelites did. Most societies in ancient times lived out of this tribal society. This included the tribes being led by the elders and the chiefs. Elders were adult men, usually older, hence the name, elders. They were responsible for making the decisions in the communities, either locally or throughout the whole tribe. The elders, in a sense, represented their community. So there could be elders of a family, elders of the clan, and then elders of the tribe. It's also believed that it depended on what family a person was born into to determine what level of elder they would become. Later on in Israel's history, we'll see people mentioning that they are from the lowest of the families. This gives the thought that the tribe is led by men who belong to dominant lineages. From these dominant lineages would not only become the elders of the tribe and clans, but also judges and military leaders. However, elders within the tribes of Israel were not new things. By the time Moses came back to Egypt to begin the Exodus, the tribes already had elders leading them. In Exodus 3, verse 16, God tells Moses to first go tell the elders of Israel about the coming freedom that God was bringing to them. Often, information would be given to Moses, who then passed it to the elders, who they, in turn, would pass it on throughout the tribes. How many elders were there to lead the tribes? Well, the Bible shows us that the Lord had Moses bring 70 elders in Exodus 24 to come to worship God from afar on Mount Sinai. Later on in the book of Numbers, we'll discover that it could be these same 70 elders that the Spirit of God is put upon to help Moses lead the nation of Israel. This tradition of having 70 elders would hold throughout most of Israel's history. It can even be seen up into the time of Jesus. In addition to the elders, 
there were also other leaders that led the tribes. Some translations call them princes of Israel, while others refer to them as chiefs of Israel. These men were the twelve leaders of the twelve tribes. They were heads of their father's house and the leader of the tribes. Along with being a tribal society, the Israelites were mostly an agricultural society. This would naturally keep the villages and towns smaller with only close units of families living together. It is believed that the largest of these villages would have about 400 people in them. Although these villages would be unprotected, with no walls around them, they were part of a larger region that would have walled cities nearby that villagers could go to escape. The region had one larger city with its protection that held many villages within its land. Later on, when the land is to be divided, it says that cities and all of their villages would be given to the tribe to live in. When living in a tribal society, often there isn't anything known as an army. At least there wasn't a standing army always ready to do what is needed. When an army was needed, it would just be the men of the families, clans, and tribes that would come together to go to war. This is how most ancient societies did battle. The people of the land would be regular members of society, and when it was time to go fight, they would bring their own weapons and defend their families and tribes. That is why when the census happened in the book of Numbers, it counted all the men above 20 as fighting men, because when time came for it, they would be called on to go fight. For the Israelites, a professional army wouldn't become a thing until the times of the kings. For the Israelites, a professional army wouldn't become a thing until the times of the kings. It is believed that the clan is what made up one military unit. Therefore, one clan would make up one unit that would be commanded in battle. The clans would be under the tribe, and the chief would lead the tribe. Therefore, the chief was the commander-in-chief for the tribe when it came time for war. So not only was he the leader in the time of peace and led the tribe, but when it was time for war, the chief would lead their tribe out into battle. It's debated why the tribes of Israel stuck together. Many scholars believe that the tribes form a confederation in which all held alliance with one another because of their ancestors being Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Whereas other scholars feel that they weren't really together as one nation, but just a bunch of tribes being led out of Egypt by Moses. And once they reached the promised land, they didn't have anything to do with each other. Later on, it can be seen that the tribes did have much autonomy from each other. But they all, much like a confederation of tribes, went to war for each other, as well as going to war for keeping other tribes in check with what the Lord told them through Moses. The society that came out of Egypt and went into the wilderness was that of a tribal society. Even while in Egypt, the Israelites became separate tribes as each tribe set up its own elders and chiefs. 
This society would be made up of individual families that lived together in communities. From the family, as its foundation, came the clans, which would be used to count the military units. From the clans would come the tribes. From the tribes would one day come the nation of Israel. But let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. The last time that we left the Israelites, they were preparing to move camp with three tribes on each side of the tabernacle. However, before we can get moving away from Mount Sinai, we're going to talk a little bit about the tribe of Levi. Because while all the other tribes got to go out for battle, the Levites were not allowed to. The Lord had a different job for them. So join us next time in episode 50, Hosting the Presence of God. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile.